The psalmist David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I saw today some of you coming in, you had such great smiles, rejoicing in your heart. I believe you're glad to be in the Lord's house today and be in his presence. Turn to your neighbor, look at them and say this, say, I'm glad I'm here today. And those of you sitting by yourself, just talk to yourself. Tell yourself, I'm glad I came here today. I'm glad I came here today. Praise the Lord. God has called us to lead. If there ever was an hour for the kingdom of God to rise up, it's today. There are so many adversities and challenges bombarding the minds of God's people. I believe the church of Jesus Christ is filled with saints who love the Lord and are good people. But somehow or another in the warfare and with the influence of the world, they've allowed the world to influence them. Allowed the world to push them around. Don't you let the world push you around. God has called you to lead. And to lead and to lead on. And I want to pray here. Father, in the name of Jesus, let our hearts receive your word. And most of all, God, may your spirit help me this morning to express what's needed to be expressed, what needs to be led what needs to be said, what needs to be done this morning, God. Help me, Lord. Help us all through your anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're called to lead. I like in the book, Developing the Leader Within You, John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more nothing less and every one of us have influence I believe somehow or another that influence ties in what the apostle Paul wrote about that every one of us is given a measure of faith that there's an influence God can use us faith is a dynamic thing it's a great thing faith is more than just what you faith is more than believing Because some people believe, but it's not faith. Faith is that action that cooperates with what a decision has been made. Faith, just as love, is an action word. It's not just something that God... And none of us, if we were to pray, God, give me faith, you're praying incorrectly because if you're a child of God, you have a measure of faith. And then when you begin to pray correctly, we do, and we pray, God, let my faith grow, then, then suddenly come the challenges that God says, okay, your faith is going to grow because you're going to trust my word more, you're going to trust in me more, and your faith is going to grow. God has called us to lead, and God has called us to be influencers into this world. We're not to accept the world's agenda because the agenda of the world is, leads to, to, to destruction. Jesus come to give us life and life more abundantly. 
The agenda of God's people and the kingdom of God is to advance and move forward and to engage this culture that seems to be so anti-God and anti-morality and making up their own rules along the way. God has set his guidelines in his word. Let me tell you, I've never viewed the word of God as being some type of judgmental book. Oh, I find the great grace of God in the word of God because God didn't save us and didn't let us go and let us be on our own. No, he has given us a word. He's given us a guideline, a guidebook that we can follow, that we can know who he is, what he is expecting, and what he can do in our lives. That is an advantage. I find great love in God leaving the word of God for us because he's given us a plan to lead, to lead, and to influence those around us. You know, you are an influence, whether good or bad, you're an influence. You have influence. How many have known people who've had an influence but wasn't necessarily a good influence, but a bad influence, okay? My mama used to say, tell me who you hang with, and I'll tell you who you are. I praise God for that great wisdom. I pass it on to my children too. And maybe they'll pass it on to their children. But the fact is, is that God has called us to lead. I want to convince you that you're called to lead. That God has called you and I to lead. And we make that decision as his people to lead. You say, well, well, the Bible teaches us to be a followers of Christ. Yeah. He's the commander-chief, and we're generals. But he's called us into his army. He's called us to lead and to general our life and those around us to lead in the way because he told his disciples to go and make disciples, go and to lead. Whenever Don't we use the phraseology when we, when we bring someone to Jesus, they get saved, they say, well, you know, they say Greg led a guy named Bob to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a leading that takes place. Can I get an amen out of that? Okay. So if this statement is true, then we all are leaders, and we all have a measure of influence, whether it be at work, at home, or with our friends. We have a measure of influence around us, and God has asked us to steward and use it our influence to lead and impact the world for his kingdom. According to the Bible, you know, the Bible gives an example of, of leadership, and I appreciate Justin reading some of the scripture guidelines of being a leader and to what is expected out of us. But, you know, and, and then when I was doing some study and studying for this message, I went online and looking and and it's amazing you do a search on Life magazine on the 100 most influential people uh, in 2019. It's amazing the faces that come up. And it proves the fact that some are not good influence. They're just influencers. They're influential people. And so a lot of times we will emulate and maybe begin to look at people and look at and follow people. I've heard people say, I've... I've even heard pastors say that I've got a mentor and really it's not a mentor what it is. They just follow the books that a certain writer writes 
and gives instructions and they take that as mentoring but they somehow want to emulate that person sometimes there's there are many a good preacher want to maybe emulate td jakes i don't think anybody can be td jakes with td jakes nobody can do it like td jakes as far as the way td jakes does it but everyone has their own abilities in how they do it you know, I'd hate to try and see Billy Graham ever, uh, you know, in the past try to preach like T.D. Jakes. It just wouldn't work that way, would it? Or T.D. Jakes try and preach like Billy Graham. It's just not, you know, it's just different giftings and abilities and who we are. We lead, and when we lead, we need, many times we'll go and try and copy someone. And these influential people in Life Magazine was like Beyonce, oh boy, Beyonce and, and, and many others, uh, uh, Judge Kavanaugh and Donald Trump and just a whole list. I, I, I didn't write them all down and some of them I couldn't pronounce their names or who they are. But the fact is, is that, that that may be their picture of what a person of influence really is. And maybe there are people who are trying to emulate those people. I don't know if anybody would want to try and wear Donald Trump's hairdo. They might have a hard time trying to do that. But we try and we try to copy, try to emulate and the most important thing for you and I, the, most great, the greatest leader we could ever emulate and try and copy and look like would be to want to look like God, to be like Him, to emulate Him. When people see us, they see the Lord. They see God. They see the glory of God. I don't know why people... Listen, I believe God pours out His Spirit and there's great outpourings. I believe it. I pray for it. Oh, God, Holy Ghost, just pour out like rain and a flood and move through the churches and through the people. But you know what? We've been enjoying for a long time the glory of the Lord because when I look out in this congregation, I see the glory of God because all of us were drawn into the presence presence of God and our lives have been changed anybody had their life changed anybody been changed in this house I sure hope you're different amen once you come to Jesus you are different you're a new creature uh, old things are passed away behold all things are made new so I look out among the glory of the Lord already here and, and he's going to also pour out the other amount of manifestation of glory to those who seek his face and move but you know who we would want to look like God and how can we look like God you know what does God look like in 2nd Corinthians uh, 3 and 18 the Bible says Paul writes he said but we all with unveiled face beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as the spirit just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Unveiled face means that we have unhindered access to God. I'm so glad that God makes himself available. I'm so glad that I don't have to go through some type of steps and formation. I'm so glad I don't have to put on particular clothes, go and do particular things. I don't have to go to a particular place. I don't, I don't have to wear a certain thing. I don't have to do or, or do and, and own up and to measure up to somebody else what they're saying but God makes himself accessible to his people. So you just reach out to him because he is accessible. Because now we see his image with unveiled faces. We've transformed into the same image, his image. In other words, we're being transformed, as the scripture says, from glory to glory. 
It's a, it's a, a opportunity where that it, there's a quality that rises up in us when the Lord changes us and transforms us. We become more like him. The process of leadership isn't learning a certain skill sets. And it's important to learn things. We're forever learning, and we should as leaders forever learn. But however, learning is important, but it's something happening on the inside, taking on a quality. And we lead from inside out. You want to lead your home, lead from inside out. You want to be the parent, the dad of that home and the leader of that home then lead from inside out you want to be a good the lead as a great husband then lead from inside out you want to succeed at the workplace do well and bring glory to God then lead from the inside out don't ever compromise the principles of God. Don't ever water down how glorious God is and how holy He is just because you live in an unholy world. Don't compromise. Don't give in. We're called to lead and engage this world, not to embrace it. And that's the problem many times we want to embrace. And when we embrace, we actually begin to lose the image of God in our life. But the thing is that we go from glory to glory. In one, another translation, it says ever-increasing glory. I love that. Ever-increasing. Oh, it was glorious here, but God says, I got something a little bit more right here. Oh man, this is awesome. God says, well, I got something a little bit more here. From glory to glory in a process. It's, it's, it's that it just goes on. It's incremental from step to step. The glory of God. That's why we can live a whole life in the Lord. It's hard. You know what? I, I said it. I said it before. I'll say it again. Wouldn't it be so easy if we got saved and suddenly we dead. We, we die and we're in heaven. No, you know, taken up, raptured, taken away, whatever way you want to go. But suddenly we're with God once we're saved. But no, we have to live this life and living this life. It could be a long life. I got saved when I was 11 years old. And that's been 50, almost 50 years ago. But you know what? He's given me opportunity and you and I opportunity to go from glory to glory. An incremental walk where it doesn't have to be a drudgery or boring. But like an old lady one time I sang with her when I was 12 years old. And she, I can't even remember her name now. It's been so many years. But sister so-and-so, you know. But she was so old, she was 90 years old, and we sang a song together because it was a part of a program, and the song was, The Longer I Serve Him, The Sweeter He Grows. The more that I love Him, more love He bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. 
That's our Christian walk. Somebody, can I get a witness this morning? That's our Christian walk right there. This isn't drudgery. This isn't boring. We don't, you know what? I've decided that I don't have to do creative, dynamic things all the time to keep people's interest up. All I have to do is allow the glory of God to flow from me and God's presence make everything come alive. I can lead, and this can be your statement, I can lead because God's for me. God's for me. He's not against me. He's for me. You can lead because God's for you. In Revelation chapter 4, can I read a whole chapter to you? Yes, I can. Thank you very much. Floor's not open for any motions, discussion. So moved. I, I'm just kidding with you. You love the word of God as much as I do. You do. But I got to read it because this is one of these chapters that if I leave some of it out, I leave something out. You know, it's like something that's connected so you get a clear total picture. Revelation 4, 1 through 11 says, After these things I looked, John saying, And behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, oh my, and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne, and he who sat there was like jasper and sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. In appearance, boy, I want to say that, this is the real rainbow, okay? This is the real rainbow. Some people tried to steal it, but they can't have it. And guess who gets the last word with it, okay? That's where the rainbow's at. All right. In appearance, he says, in appearance like an emerald around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the throne I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they... And they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. What an incredible sight for John to behold. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. And the first living creature was like a lion the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The, fourth living, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day nor or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That sounds like something out of Isaiah 6. What do you think there, huh? who was and is and is to come whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created somebody say praise the Lord 
John beholds what a sight, incredible sight of the glory of God. You see, God looks like something, though he's a spirit. He does look like something. What permeates out of his throne and from his glory, there are examples and living visuals of him and who he is and how he operates and, and, and what it's all about. Those beings that were around his throne, they came through his throne, around his throne. They were everywhere. And whenever there was a reaction of a sounding forth of worship it first began with them and I would say it's almost picturesque of the glory of the Lord that keeps flowing out and then there's a response and a response and a response we know that they are considered to be angelic beings but angelic beings are messengers angelic beings may be ones that may not even say much at all but just show off the glory of God and the message of God and who he is now I know that description was sort of like a science fiction description of those angels and those creatures around that throne but there is something to gain from there if we are to emulate God if we are to be as uh, the, the apostle wrote to be imitators of God and imitators of him then how do we do that if we don't know what he looks like well the closest thing we can get to God is his glory the closest place we can get to to where God is is his throne and around his throne room and so around his throne were these creatures crying out, holy, 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 God Almighty, amen. They were glorifying him because they were examples of God, who he does, what he does, who he is, and what he's going to do. Now, let me tell you, they're just one of the many examples of God. God is too complex. He's too vast. He's too large. He's too great. He's beyond total description. God is God who sits on the throne forever and forever forever and forever. Amen. Are there any worshipers in the house? Anybody want to emulate uh, some of those angelic beings that glorify God and praise him because they literally represent the glory of God? Mm, my goodness, my goodness. Now, now you say, oh, what does this have to do with lead? What does this have to be with leadership? I see and hear some really great message of you want to lead? This is how. You want to lead like God? This is how. And I'll just, let me explain real quickly. I want to try and go through this. I promise, I promise. I've got lots of verses. I won't use them all. Because somebody wants a hot dog this afternoon. Yeah, I just, yeah, accuse myself. All right, here we go. Well, you know, these created or angelic beings reveal the glory of God these beings come forth from the throne of God they linger and exist in God's presence as we look at these heavenly beings we can see the message from God about him the four faces these are also can be found that are identical similar to the one that Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel chapter 1 they saw them, these same creatures and beings. So they're there. I, I'm so glad that thousands, you know, hundreds and, I don't know how many years it was, but had to have been close to a thousand years later, here, here comes John and he sees the same thing for us to realize and understand. Now I'll tell you what, you say, man, that's pretty scary. And I didn't plan this message because of 
it's Halloween time or the October 31st and going to start talking about, you know, scary things, but incredible where the eyes are showing everywhere. And, you know, we all know God sees everything. Everybody know God, God sees everything. God sees you when you get on Facebook. God sees you when you look at things you're not supposed to look at. God sees it when you're posting something you shouldn't post or following something you shouldn't follow. Amen. Can I get an amen out of that? God sees you when you're talking about somebody on the telephone. God sees you. He sees you. But he also sees you when you're kneeling down last night. You're praying, oh God, send me revival and move in my life. God sees you when you're praying over the needs and cares of your life. God sees you when you're talking about him and sharing the light. Amen. So God sees everything. God sees the president at whatever he does. Nobody has to snoop in on Donald Trump. The president knows it. God knows everything what's going on. So why don't we just put our trust in him? In God. In him, he who sees everything. I mentioned Donald Trump, not to pick on him, but I'm just saying it's kind of current news, you know. Actually, I don't watch too much current news. I watch a little bit, but it's like after a while, I, stopped, I started getting mad all the time. I, I, I got tired of being mad. You know, I was all oh, God, I could use this energy and pray for my world rather than gripe about it. You know, some preachers think it's time when they get behind the pulpit to go talk about this wicked, wicked world. Well, you know it's wicked, don't you? You know that without Jesus Christ, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know it. You know that Jesus came and he's the Savior. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So these four faces he saw, and one face of one being was the face of a lion. And it's so descriptive, a lion is a symbol of power. In general, lions symbolize bravery and strength, courage, and protection. Lion, the face of a lion, our God. Oh, he's bold and he's strong. He's bold. Can I get a witness from someone, he's bold and he's strong. He doesn't hesitate for anybody. He doesn't shy away from anything. He's God Almighty sitting on the throne. He's all powerful. He's the lion, the tribe, lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah was considered to be, were they not the tribe of worshipers? that they worship the Lord. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He roars. He has power and strength. And he has courage. And he's a symbol of protection. It's a leader that God is raising up us with boldness and strength and courage. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon me and you shall be witnesses. Power flowing through you. See, you're wanting to emulate the great leader of all and be like him and be one of his faces. Well, you got a face of a lion of boldness and courage because God's with you. God before me, who can be against me? Can I get a witness and amen this morning? That a lion is a symbol of leader that he's raising us to be a, a leader and to lead. That a leader that is protective of the persons that are under our charge. And will declare, you will declare, over your household, over your family, over your children. You will declare with boldness and say, oh no devil, 
not on my watch. God is going to intervene in every situation. You can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. You can't have my grandchildren. You can't have anything that belongs to me because God has given me what I have. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you can roar with power and authority and with courage. Hallelujah. That's why. That's why. We lead. We lead the face of a lion. And then John saw a face of an ox. An ox is not real beautiful. Some of you could go out to your barn and look at your animal. He's not real beautiful. You know, when I was growing up, it was Elsie the cow. It was a symbol of, was that, what? Borden, Borden, was it Elsie? I don't want to be wrong. Don't want to not name that cow, right? I'll, I'll get messages on that. Well, Elsie, you know, they made a nice cartoon, friendly, sweet, and everything, but I'm telling you, a cow is a cow is a cow. You know, it's just not real beautiful, not real attractive. But you see, when you lead, you don't have to be real beautiful, and you don't have to be real attractive. But you can be that ox. Yeah, I'm an ox. That's okay. Because through me and through God and through me, the job's going to get done. The field is going to get plowed. The cart is going to be carried. The, the, what needs to happen is going to happen because I'm going to lead and I'm going to be an ox. Get out of my way or I'll step on you. But I'm going to get it done. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'll turn to your neighbor and say, you're an ox. Now, wife, don't you, Kathy, don't slap Charlie now, okay? I say that because they joke. I, I get away with that. You know, you know, you know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you're an ox because you're working. An ox can get the job done. An ox is a beast of burden, will bear a burden, and will carry it. But also in the Bible, an ox is a sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to lay down everything, Lord. It's like in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, the beating, the bruising, the cutting, the pain, the agony, lest you become weary and discouraged in your own souls. Jesus Christ bore the cross. Jesus Christ with agony carried it up to the hill. Jesus Christ suffered it. He allowed himself to be laid down as a sacrificial animal for the sins of our sins and the sins of the world. And so you're going to leave? You may have to die. And I'm not saying dying physically. I'm talking about dying to those things that you think ought to be in your life. And the way things ought to be. You, you just might have to die. Well, it's not fair. So what? You just might have to die. But you're willing to because you lead. You lead. Lead. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Then he saw another face. A face of a man. And a face of a man would represent that a leader 
the one who leads, who is, of course, God, he's relational. He's connected to the human race. He hears a face, a human face, hears and sees, speaks, and he feels. He communicates and he feels the need of others in humanity. Hebrews 4 and 15 says in the Amplified, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are yet without committing any sin. I'm glad when I talk to Jesus. And have you ever cried to Jesus before? You haven't prayed sometimes till you cried, poured out your heart. But it's so, so such a blessing to know the one on the other end knows what it is to cry, knows what it is to feel, knows what it is to go through what I go through. Why? Because he's my leader. He's, he leads us. It's a face of a man that God says, I'm God Almighty, but I'm going to reach down to man. I'm, I'm the high and lofty one, but I'll hear the prayers of a broken and a contrite spirit. I'm the God that will be touched with the feelings of our infirmities and understand what we deal with. And every word we say, he knows what's going on and in turn you and I we lead in the same way the face of a man God help us if we ever get really too big for ourselves you know I think we're really something we have to have the face of a man of humanity Jesus Christ 100% son of God 100% son of man and he understood and he walked and talked among us. That's why, that's why I get so excited at Christmas time. It's God, Emmanuel, God with us. God like us. God understanding us. That's why I get thrilled about Christmas time is because I celebrate when my Savior came, when your Savior, when he came and he saved me. And he came and took that first step for my salvation, my life. So he saw a being with a human face. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. He cares about us. Lead as a man, lead as a woman. Understand people's weaknesses in their life and their, what they're going through. Because we realize it's not all about us. We hear what they're saying. We see what they're going through. And we communicate the love of God. Then the last one he saw was an eagle in flight. An eagle in flight. Someone told me there's, there's a couple of eagles in Jackson. Is that true? That's good? That's, that's true? Actually, I was so glad to hear that because I thought I was going a little nuts. Because we were driving down 35 and Leah says, well, look, look, there's, there's an eagle. This was before this all came out. This was like last year or so. And we slow down the car. I said, ah, oh, it's a hawk. Now look closer. Wait a minute here. He's, he's, he's soaring a little above. And then he come closer to our car, the little flyby. You know? And so I fly over. I said, oh, my goodness. We posted on social media. Anybody see that eagle that's out there? 
And sure enough, people answered back, yeah, there was. And listen, let me tell you, I'm a shacky from Kentucky. And when I was growing up, they were near extinct. And now they're in sight and in view. I believe this is the hour of the eagle. This is the day of the eagle of God's kingdom and God's people. And the world thought we were extinct. But what's happening? We're going to soar. We're going to rise. We're going to move. We're going to fly above all that is below us. In the majesty and the glory of God. Oh, you can receive that word if you want. Or you can just got whatever. Even though T.D. Jakes didn't say it, I said it. Okay? I got a great, great regard for that brother. Great regard, respect for him. Eagle in flight means excellence. Soars above the landscape. Flies higher than any other bird. He's a seer. Can look ahead seeing the bigger picture. He knows, you know. He can see at a distance. I'm not going to go in, in the detail about an eagle, but you know their, their abilities and what they can do, and they fly higher. It's what Paul was talking about, Philippians 3, 13, 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. I'll tell you what. Some of you have been in a mess and problems and difficulties. Some of you have done things that you would dare not want us to put it on the screen and let everybody see what you've done. And some of us have done something in the past week that we wish and, and we pray, oh God, let there not be cold to church show and tell time. Like it did in elementary school, go and show and tell what's going on. But no, we know. We know how guilty we are. We know what we've been up to. We know what's going on. And God knows what's going on. But let me tell you today, that today, this moment in time, you can be and fly as an eagle and forgetting those things that are behind and looking forward and pressing forward to what is ahead and getting an eagle vision and know that I know what's going on around me and underneath me, but up ahead is God's intervention. Up ahead is God going to do something glorious. Up ahead is going to be feeding time where God's going to feed my faith. God's going to strengthen me and God's going to help me. I'm just going to fly past this stuff and be the eagle and just join in with some of God's excellence I like to be excellent but I am far from it but when I latch hold of him and get a hold of him how excellent is his name Oh, glory, how excellent is his name. And it rubs off. And people see God and they think, Ron Bynum's excellent, but he's not excellent. It's the God that I serve. He is excellent. Hallelujah. I got to stop. I got to stop. Oh, the four faces of that leadership. I want to be. I want to be the lion, the face of the lion. I want to be the ox. I want to be the man, the face of the man. I want to be the eagle. And you know what? Your family needs you to be those. The people around you at the workplace need you to be that away for the glory of God. You are the only Bible they'll ever read your life and how you live. You are the glory that they'll see the glory of God through you first.
before they experience anything for themselves. But I want to do something this morning. Would you just stand with me? Sort of. <laughs> I, we're going to come up and then we're going to come up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going. We'll take care of them. All right. Yeah. You know, them is the worship team. Worship team, you can come on up. This is what I want you to do. I want you to say out loud when I count to three. And I want you to believe it. I want you to make it your confession. And say it out loud when I count to three. I am a leader. One, two, three. I am a leader. Oh, you can do better than that. Some of you yell at your kids a little bit louder than that. Oh, my gosh. I've heard you. Okay. <laughs> but that's okay. There ain't no call like emergency call with a, a mama keeping their kid from doing something stupid. So, when I count to three again, I want you to say out loud, I am a leader. One, two, three. Three. I am a leader. One, two, three. I am a leader. Actually, in rehearsal right now. One, two, three. I am a leader. Now, this is what I want you to do, if you will. I'm going to ask Trent and Trevor if you'll help me come up here for a moment. I'm going to ask Sean to help me. Sean, come on up here, buddy. Mitch, would you come on up here? Come up front here. I want you to grab these buckets, guys. This is what I want you to do, folks. I want everyone that will. I know some people may have trouble standing, so there are front seats, the front rows. But I want everybody, if you will, I want this is going to be a moment of commission right now. And what we have right here, I've been wearing it. It's just simply a band that says, I am a leader, hashtag lead on it. And I want you to take this and I want you to wear it. I want you to look at that in the morning time. Let the part, if you can, your wardrobe to work if you can wear it. I don't know. Some people have restrictions. But you can wear it. Wherever you go out in the public, let, let people ask you, what's that? I'm a leader. You say, well, God's called me to lead. God's called me to lead. I know. I know. I know. We've heard for years, and it's true, we're called to serve. But you're called to be a servant leader. You know, you serve when you lead in God's kingdom. You're not, you're not bragging about yourself. You're called to lead because God is leading you and making you a leader. How many of you believe that, that that's a word for you? Raise your hand. Do you believe that's a word for you? Yes, yes, yes. Glory to God. Now, will you make your way up front here? And we're going to do in a very organized, disorganized fashion, hand out these bands. But will you come on up here? And stand up here, those that will, just come on up here and stand up front as, as we're going to do a commissioning here of everybody.